Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jiminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking about Black Femmes. We will discuss how we, as Black Femmes, experience the world differently, both in our interpersonal relationships and the everyday trauma of being a Black Femme in today's society. Like always, the focus will be on our journey to healing and finding support. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices never being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, we may be talking about some things that may bring up some feelings for you. And if that's you, that's totally okay. We're talking about a lot of intense emotions. So if this is affecting you, please take some time for yourself. Maybe you can come back. Maybe you have to skip an episode and that's okay. Come back when you can and we'll be here for you. Before we get started, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist. They have hundreds of licensed therapists and can connect you with one within 24 hours. Cognitive therapy has been proven to be the leading most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially for crisis situations, but online therapy is also a fantastic option, especially if you live in an area where you don't have access to a therapist with the black experience, the queer experience, or they're just too expensive. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if it doesn't feel right with the first person, you can match with a new counselor within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do an app messaging, and it's available for desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com queen. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Q-U-E-E-N to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. Hey y'all, I am uber excited. As per usual, anyway, I only have fabulous guests on the show. Um, And today I have a lovely human in front of me, which the theme is, you know, the trauma of black femmes. So of course I had to have a black femme that is also a therapist here because we don't talk about mental health enough. So here we are, we're going to talk about her business and the therapy business and the sex ed business. We just don't talk about it all. So here we are. Can you tell us your name and your pronouns? Yes, my name is Jamila Dawson and my pronouns are she and her. Yay. So we're just going to jump in. Yes. I'm just going to ask the question, what does being a black femme mean to you? Mm. Everyone does that big sigh. Because <laughs> it's a big question and... So I'll start with, like, I'm 39, and I think um, that age has shifted. Like, I feel very different mm-hmm. when I talk with people who are younger about what it means to be a femme. Um, the fear is, like, there's a generational line. Mm. Um, and that's a longer conversation. But for me, I grew up with feminists being, um, I had to cultivate what I thought a femme was. And uh, I got a lot of influence from old Hollywood mm. films. Um, but also I lived in Paris for a year and that I say was a major turning point in what I considered my femme identity because I saw femininity that was strong and sexy, that loved heels and makeup, but also, um, this was a culture of courtesans. This was a culture where women were very strong, um, and they ran 
everything both on their backs as well as standing up straight mm -hmm. and I loved that and um, growing up my mother was not very like didn't do makeup didn't do hair. she wore makeup once in her life mm -hmm. um, her grandmother my or my grandmother put it on her red lipstick for her wedding that was it so I didn't have a sense of strong femininity in my household but I found it in Paris and so um, and this is where Josephine Baker went. And this is where Eartha Kitt went. <laughs> and so to me, like, that's where, like, black feminists, like, feminists, wow. and then particularly black feminists. So it's always a place in of Paris. strength in Paris. All right, Dan, book us a flight to Paris. Go to Paris. Um, <laughs> so why do you think your story and our perspective needs to be heard? I mean, what's exciting to me is this is a time where, like, stories, just the variety of stories need to be heard. Like, mm -hmm. it's... In some ways, I'm dizzied by how many stories there are out there right now. Mm -hmm. um, but given, I mean, it's so like given the history of this culture, like American culture has used black bodies, particularly black femme bodies, um, and it's long since there hasn't been room to even talk about our experience, to talk about our pain, or to talk about our glory. Mm -hmm. And so, um, to me, it's it's time. And if I remember. Correctly, it was Audrey Lorde. It might have been Bell Hooks. Don't quote me. <laughs> but um, one of them said, like, no black woman could ever write enough. She could never say enough. There's there's too much to say. No. <laughs> I'm like, what, do you have time? Do you have years and right. years of time? I don't. Right. Um, there's so much. And so my goal in our conversation is to definitely mix in, like, the personal of who you are. Mm -hmm. And also, like you have knowledge in ways that we don't necessarily have it, mm -hmm. like how to support black femmes or like what it looks like. Like mm -hmm. for you working in the field as a black femme, mm -hmm. do you think it has been harder for you? I don't want to cry in the air. No, um, <laughs> I cried the first one, the first one we did today. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> vulnerable and difficult. Um, yeah, it's been, like, there still are not many black clinicians, mm -hmm. um, even Los Angeles, which, you know, there's a few black people out here, but there's not a lot of clinicians. Um, it is economically, um, it's an economic endurance test to become a therapist. And there's a lot of people who are very good, who would have been amazing therapists, who did not have the economic resources. Mm. Um, and because I grew up in a middle-class, upper-middle-class family, and my parents could give me bumps of financial support along the way, um, that made it possible. Yeah. And that's really humbling, and it's really enraging to yeah. me. Um, so I take being a therapist very seriously. Yeah. Because of so that. you think like the financial aspect is like part of there being less black femme therapists? Absolutely. I mean, we know that historically in this country, like resources, economic access has been specifically denied to us. Mm -hmm. And so this affects mm -hmm. how many families have the money, which, and money buys you options. That's what money is. Money is a privilege mm -hmm. in which we don't necessarily always have. Right. And even if we do have it, there's still going to be many we, levels and layers mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. getting the thing just right. because you showed up right, strong and shit. Right. Right. Um, and like, have you personally struggled with trying to not even, not even just necessarily maneuvering through, um, but like, maybe. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Like, there was. I'm like, maybe yes. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair question. 
um, you know, all throughout grad school, like I didn't, I didn't have, I had one African American woman professor um, in undergrad, none. Um, mm. So there's really, there has not been mirroring like in my academic like world of- I haven't had any. Like, I mean, when you think about it, you're like, like oh, when shit. I looked at the front of the room, <laughs> Never reflect, like, thank goodness, like, I grew up in a household, like, where tons of books, tons of academic, um, strong African-American academic worlds were, mm -hmm. were, like, in front of me and my brother, but in school, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I've had professors, you know, if I began to speak about race, I literally had, this was grad school, a professor say, you don't, don't bring the race card in here. Like, just... He also told me to shut up at another, another point. also could have got some hands and some yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be telling people to shut up. Right? And it's like what the um, the books that are available, the papers, like it's it's a very white space still. Mm -hmm. It's improving, but, you know, one, psychology is not a very old discipline. Not really. Mm -hmm. And it's still very, very white and mm -hmm. very, very straight. Um, although there's a very rich history there. So yeah. if people are interested, like, France Fanon is, read The Wretched of the Earth, people. That's all I have to say. It's amazing. Say that again? The Wretched of the Earth. Mm. It was amazing. Amazing. Author. Okay. And we, before we got on air, when mm. I was asking questions, like, you have a lot of your own, like, personal identities that you bring into, like, your work. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'm very, um, when I started, so I worked in um, sex retail for almost a decade before I went back to grad school, um, winding up at the pleasure chest, that was the last place. So, um, like I identify much more as a sex educator than anything else. And um, I knew when I went to grad school, like a lot of people are like, I don't know who I want to work with, I don't know what I want to do, there's just so many You're people. You're like, I know, I'm good, thank you. Right, it was, I was like, yes, this is what I yeah. want to do. I want to talk about sex, I want to work around sex. Like that is, I'm sick of the pain that I'm seeing um, around sex or mm -hmm. people, being excited and glorying about something about sex, but nobody was mirroring that. Like they were just alone. They were just the freaky person because they happened to like sex and I was tired of them being under supported. So yeah, I walked into my program like, nope, all my research is gonna be about sex. I'm gonna be asking sex questions. Is there any sex people in the room? Like yeah. that was. Yeah, was that like, cause you're not just, you're like, you are a focused sex therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, do you find that that even has whittled down a little bit, like even to less seeing black folks? Yes, I would say, sadly enough, there's still a lot of stigma around discussing mm -hmm. sexuality in the black community. Um, sigh. <laughs> just a deep, yeah. deep sigh. Yeah. Um, a lot of trauma, a lot of silence, a lot of this is how bodies are supposed to work or we're not even going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Even though both my parents, like, they're amazing and they were both in the medical profession, um, I got almost no information about sex growing up. Do you think it's like connected with intergenerational trauma? Yeah. I mean, when when you understand what trauma yeah. is, and then when you think about like um, uh, Joyce DeGree and these other people who are talking about intergenerational trauma, it, I mean, it just, everything makes sense. Definition time, y'all. Intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma is a form of trauma suffered by one generation, whether individual or collective trauma, and passed on to subsequent generations. Examples of communities suffering from intergenerational transmission of trauma include families of African Americans, 
Native Americans, genocides, Holocaust survivors, victims of war and natural disasters can produce traumatic effects that reverberate for several generations, affecting an individual's perspective, hopes, cognitive styles, and personalities. Symptoms of historical trauma may be mistaken for other disorders can include denial, depersonalization, isolation, memory loss, nightmares, psych numbing, hypervigilance, substance abuse, identification with death, and unresolved grief. that intergenerational trauma it I mean it just everything makes sense yeah trauma is about stuckness trauma is about silence trauma is about there's things that this will protect me if I keep doing this that's actually not it's reasonable but it's not rational right like if I keep doing this I'll be safe mm -hmm. and if you spread this out over cultures like you see it yeah like and um black people in America like our sexuality has been well, physically as well as emotionally hacked. And so the silence continues and the like, oh, if we just tell black girls like cross their legs and we tell black boys like, well go, just don't get her pregnant. Like that's assuming so much, but that'll keep us safe. And it doesn't, as yeah. we all know. Um, in like your own work, like what, do you have black women that come in or do you find it like harder for black women to look for support and find it. I would say that. I do have one colleague who, um, I think because she specifically markets, like she doesn't see anybody else. But black women. Um, but black women. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, and she's amazing. Uh, Denise Williams is her name. Um, and she like, very clear, like that's who I want to work with exclusively. Mm -hmm. But the sex thing doesn't come up. Like we talk a lot and I consult with her a lot yeah. because like that's, the sex piece isn't her specialty. Black women, but it's very clear. Yeah. Um, doesn't so I have a few black female clients um, some black male clients that have come through mm -hmm. and it's just like I love all the clients I work with because like I will fire clients if I don't like really like I mean you have to that's it, valid. it's a relationship it's valid I right? can fire you you can fire me right and don't break up right like this is a relationship at any point if one of us needs to walk away obviously with due care um, but everybody I work with I adore but there is magic when I'm working with another black person, mm -hmm. like it's, and even if their blackness is different than mine, mm -hmm. Afro-Caribbean or Afro-Latinx, like it's, ah, <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Do you like, when you're working with clients or whatever, like what brought you, like, do you bring your black feminine? Like, does mm -hmm. it come up for you? Or like if, when their traumas like kind of mirror some of your own things, like how do you experience that? I think I would say that my black feminist comes in in terms of um, like I dress very particularly mm -hmm. in the sense like my heels, my nails, my hair, my clothes are stuff that makes me feel powerful and mm -hmm. good when I'm in the room. So that part is always with me. Um, I never I have pictures all over like on my business cards on my site so people know that they're coming in to see a black woman if the name didn't tip them off. Listen, Jiminyka. Right We're here, like right, and I'm not giving you a nickname. Like no. this is the oh, when people you're ask if you have an, um, no, and you are not gonna think of one right now. It's not I instantly like, oh, you're being lazy. It's Jimanika. Right. I don't believe in nicknames. No, no, you better know me for a long time, and it's gonna be like once every quarter that you like slip in the nickname and be like, that's cute, and now we're back to Jamila. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? Like this, this is my name. It's valuable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I bring in. Um, 
who I am. I bring in the different identities that I embody. Um, and I don't get, because I've done my own therapy and because I have my other, what I call erotic practices outside of the therapy room. So if somebody's struggling uh, with sex, with trauma, any mm -hmm. of those pieces, I feel, and it's because I've done the work outside, that I can feel, that I don't have to dissociate, I don't have to try to make it nice. I can sit there um, with their pain. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a part of it, too. Like, sharing yourself yeah. with therapy. Yeah. I mean... Letting your body talk. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Why do you think there is such a stigma for us to get help? Like, we literally carry mm. the world on our, our shoulders. Mm. I don't know if we need to remind people that. I think so. Okay. Let's <laughs> remind you. Um, the, the world has been carried on black femme shoulders for a long time. Mm -hmm. But why is that, like, therapy or, like, support ever pushed upon us? Why do you think that? I mean, I think it's terrifying. I remember I had a, the best therapeutic experience I had was with a white, cis, straight woman. And mm -hmm. kind of knocked me for a loop. But she was a great therapist <laughs> because her basic tools were about establishing rapport and starting from the fact that she believed my experience. Even if it ran contrary to what she thought she knew or she didn't know it, she could just sit with me. But I remember her, um, she was like, you know, you can get angry in this room. You can, like, just let your anger go. And I looked at her, I'm like, this, you would call the police if mm -hmm. I let go of my anger. You don't know what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And it was a painful moment of, of, here was this person trying to reach for me and make me feel safe. And she could not understand what it meant to step into my rage and step into my pain. That it would obliterate mm -hmm. this space. And I think, I think a lot of um, people with trauma, but particularly black femmes, we can sense that. Like, where would it all go? Could I cry enough? Could I rage enough? Could I kill something enough to get rid of this? If not, why would I even begin to open it up? Mm -hmm. So it takes a great deal of courage. Mm -hmm. And I always work with people around, what are your supports? As we move into the space, we're going to develop supports within the room and outside of here that can tolerate what's going to come. Mm -hmm. um, but I think people, they're, they're afraid of what's in there and that's understandable. Yeah. And I think that keeps yes. them, right? Yeah. Do you have I I mean, I definitely, well, my search, I looked for a black mm -hmm. woman therapist because I could walk in and be like, she'd be like, how are you? I'd be like, girl, you ready? Right. Like, And she was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need here. someone that's also as amped to right. carry the weight with me. Right, and not in this like, oh, Yeah, I need graced. you to meet me at the door not be standing at the back wall, right. which is really important. Like, right. I think it's also, we, we're not given the gift mm -hmm. or the privilege, this is the word of the time, mm -hmm. the privilege to exhale. Right. And I think a lot of us don't know that we're holding our breath all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I just had a client recently, uh, and I noticed, because I'm, I'm, somatically trained so I'm always watching people's body language their breathing their mm -hmm. like um expressions and I noticed like her chest wasn't really moving mm -hmm. like she wasn't breathing mm -hmm. and I said you know can you take a moment and breathe however deeply you can and it she looked afraid and she was like I can't I can't breathe deeply and that was her normal state and this person does a job that's very physically demanding and I'm like she's never breathing and you're right we're just it's scary it is 
Um, and I, I've been reading, I think there was a few weeks ago where they were talking about, someone put out an article about burning out, like the burnout. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I saw someone mm-hmm. else put out the black burnout. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I read that three times. It was, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I read the first one. I was like, okay, yes. And mm-hmm. then I read the black burnout and I cried mm-hmm. reading it because I was like, oh God, oh, this one I'm so tired. Right. Right. Like our nervous systems have been chronically undersupported and overstimulated from like just, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's from before. I think every kid can kind of remember the first time that a race thing happened, even, even if they couldn't call it that, but they remember the first time their race difference, like it came to the fore, mm-hmm. but the stress has already begun. Mm-hmm. The stress is in our families, like ways that our parents sometimes can snap at us with with seemingly no stimulus to that. Like, and then we have to go out into the world and try to be contributing members of society. And um, the perfectionism we put on ourselves, the like, I have to achieve. Like I had severe depression and still manage depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I was in Paris, I did not understand the language. Like I had studied in school and I loved the language, but I don't have an ear for it. And, um, but I was damned if I was gonna like, <laughs> make any mistakes, like I had to get A's on all of my papers, put ridiculous, ridiculous stress on myself. Yeah. And we do this. So the black burnout is a very, a very real phenomenon. It's like constantly chasing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, well, I have to get all this stuff done because who else is going to do it? Because I can't right. let anyone else do it because they're going to fuck it up and I'm going to redo it anyway. Right. And I don't know that I can trust them. I don't know. And it's this, right, you're both prisoner and warden all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And then we can read help sometimes as a threat. Hmm. Can you talk about that? Sure. I mean, when I'm seeing somebody right now and um, he was like, you know, if you want me to contact you more, just, you know, because you want to chat or connect. And I, I went stone. No, I don't need that. I'm fine. <laughs> like it was um, this experience, like I remember like my cheeks flushed and I felt what read as a fight response mm. to somebody offering to move closer to me. Okay. And so I see that a great deal of the time too. Yeah. And I had to like breathe, go back to your breath, always go back to your breath and be like, what is actually happening? A person is offering help. Let me take some help, take some support, take some affection. I'm learning that. It's so I, I, My friends are like, you can just ask for help. And I'm like, no, no. I can't. Right. I, you I, say that. No, like I was taught that you're not supposed to, and you're supposed to figure it out on your own. Right. Also, I'm not supposed to depend on any man. Right. That's what I was raised to, to know. So that was like deliberately, like explicitly said Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah. you're fine. You can do everything. That's why I be trying to do a thousand things. And that's why I have manager Dan that's like, that is so cute. That I'm going to write it down. We're not doing that. That is, yes. <laughs> love it. Not now, tomorrow. Right. <laughs> because I'm like I can just do everything I don't really understand but that's when I was like okay maybe I can't and maybe this is why some days I'm not getting out of my bed right oh I'm such a fan of the like just stay in bed just stay in bed sleep covers over your head and then occasionally like create the little air hole (laughs) so that you can get some more fresh air don't die in there right but it's um but even our, our well-meaning relatives, 
can give this messaging and the culture definitely the culture doesn't even see us but our well-meaning relatives can put this pressure like you have to perform you have to mm-hmm. remember my mother said no matter where you go somebody's always watching you so mm-hmm. like make sure that you're always doing correct and like that's the sting song and we all know that sting song is creepy <laughs> i'll be watching you right <laughs> I'm like, why am I so vigilant? Oh, because I was told I'm always being watched. Yeah, I mean, but she ain't wrong. But she, and that's the thing. And I think that's, I want anybody with a marginalized identity, but particularly black women and black femmes to recognize the paradoxes of our existence Mm -hmm. because that's actually the strength. It's not trying to occupy one or the other. It literally is the paradox that will save you. Which is hard. (laughs) Like it, <laughs> you're like this is saying it is even like oh, okay. <laughs> it's I mean, we're not really it. We're not taught to like. We're not taught. We're yeah. not. We're not taught. And also when we try to learn it, they're like, mm, like I've heard mm-hmm. even the way I live my life because I'm polyamorous. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. People are like, isn't that a white people thing? For all the judgment, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I feel alienated from my black, black people. people. But oh, coming into the kink scene, are you? I was. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, we're just going to wait another question, but you throw it at me. The kink scene. I can laugh I want to now at my abject terror. It still I scares mean, me. It, oh, we should talk about that because I also do coaching because like not everybody needs like long-term deep therapy. You can just be like, did you know this? Uh, but I was, you know, on the internet. This is, you know, Craigslist 2002, Ooh, 2001. You went to, to Uncle Craig, did Yes. You? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember thinking... There's got to be other normal people. It can't just be me and serial killers. There's got to be other. You know other. what? I will say I also, when I was navigating my queerness, I definitely was in the, uh, the Craigslist ad. Ooh, I'm telling my business. I was definitely like scrolling in there. And then I was like, these are probably all setups for murder. So let me get my ass off of here. Right. It's like a board. I was like, like this sounds crazy. I'm going to die. You're elite. And, there, and I, I realize now there is a certain recklessness to me because it wasn't smart. <laughs> It wasn't smart to be this single. Nobody really knew what I was doing. Nobody knew what I was interested in. And I was just like going out to things and places. Um, But I tripped over somehow a site called Blackbeat. Black who? Blackbeat. Beat. Yes. And it is. Is it still existing? um, The website might still be around actually. Uh, But it was specifically like black folks. There was a conference that used to happen that was specifically for black folks in the, I want to say in Atlanta. That sounds Um, about right. Right. Surprise, surprise. Right. Right. Like maybe Baltimore, but essentially like it's going to start. And, um, and this website now it's hopelessly out of date, but there was like a little game where you could play and like you could dress up somebody as a dom or a sub or whatever, but it talked about munches. And, and munches are like non-sexual events where other kinky people meet and mm-hmm. it's at a restaurant. It's very low pressure. Um, Sounds scary. I was terrified. I was terrified. I just human scare me. Human? Well, that's wise. That's wise. <laughs> I'm not, not going to take that from you. But I was also, I was terrified, but I was also tired of being afraid. Mm. It was that simple. I was tired of being afraid of what I wanted, mm. of what was hot to me. And so I went to this munch that was down in South Bay and it was all these black people and it was just like, are they going to shame me for being interested in this stuff? Like, and they're like, welcome. Oh, they were. It was, I met this woman who um, identified as a slave, an African-American woman. She was with an African-American man 
and um, she passed, I want to say, a year or so after I got into the scene. And I've never forgotten her because mm -hmm. she was so graceful and so beautiful and so loving. And I thought if this is what kink can be, then it doesn't have to be terrifying. Mm. So, yeah, so I jumped in. I had a scene that night. Slept all the way to you South like, Bay. I'm slept here. all the way back to North Hollywood. <laughs> and had um, this amazing, amazing scene that just changed my life. Was that your first one? Yeah, it was my first one. Did you just see? You jump head in too. That's yeah, I, thing. No, yeah, gosh, wow. <laughs> I, you didn't think about it like that? I did not. Showed did up, not. partied. Right. There I was. And, then was. and they were like, oh, you want to play? And it's like, okay. <laughs> Do you think, like, for me, I'm like, yes, I, I want to explore, like, my kink, my kinky ways. And, like, sometimes I get to, mm -hmm. but also a lot of them are very white and yep. heteronormative. Yep. And I'm like, I will not. So, and this is, <laughs> all right, so we're going to get into it. Ask you some questions. Yes, yes, I'm stretching out oh, and everything. Like this, this, maybe this is anxiety I was feeling. You showing up with questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Because this is my my struggle around it's not going to get any less white and it was painful to have to walk into a space over and over again and see almost no black people or a couple times I saw black people that were judging how I was playing mm. um and so there's this like and since we're not back east or down south there's just not going to be that many black people mm -hmm. so what and yes, there's more. There's some POC place parties that happen now. There's nothing like that when I started. Oh, yeah. Like, we've talked about that. You're like, so I'm so glad now. Right. <laughs> like, and my heart hurts for the person that I was, like the little black girl that didn't have anybody. And I'm super stoked for the generation now. Mm -hmm. But there's also like, we deserve to be able to play where we want to play. Mm -hmm. Like, we deserve to be able to like occupy that space and go into those places and be who we are. So I I guess I'm curious, like what, do you think that'll change for you? What keeps you? Um, Is there things that you need in place to make it more likely? I think just in the last two years in general, like dating has just been scary. Yeah. Um, and I have predominantly, since college only dated white men. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just because they haven't been around, other people haven't been around me. But then, like... That's a whole other conversation we need to have. I mean, here it is. Oh, my God. Um, and then, like, seeing how the world has changed so loudly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's been like, oh, it's new. No, it's just so right. loudly right. that I feel like I don't know whom to trust. Right. Right? With, like with psyche, body, spirit. Right? You know how to play these games with this blessing over here. Right. Um, and I feel like people have been, like, n neglectful. Mm -hmm. of me and I feel like I am a gem to this world right. and I will not keep doing this over and over again right. I just declared today on Twitter that I'm on hiatus from white men um, ah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I have a few friends that are like I'm just I'm on hiatus what is it divesting from whiteness is the term we literally just had this conversation with and, our last guest you know I mean and you know I've been seeing this in some of my friends circles and I'm like I get that yeah it's not a choice I'm gonna make yeah and I completely get that yeah. and there's a part of me that longs to do that I think I need it's to re-strengthen certain areas in myself mm -hmm. with people that understand my story and uh -huh. my lived experience versus having to retell or if something comes up and I'm like <gasps> I don't know, someone like, well, I don't understand. Right, well, like, are you sure? Yeah. It's the are you because sure. Because if you hit it. me with an are you sure, I might 
backhand you. Yeah. And I yeah. it's not gonna be a good space for yeah. us because I let back around the front. I let angry parts of Jim because Jim stays angry. Angry parts of her. <laughs> I left that part in college. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. in my in my kink spaces, mm -hmm. like I am very a dominant human in the world. I'm a mm -hmm. badass bitch, and we we rule the things. Mm -hmm. But once a door closes, I don't have time for that. I'm very submissive. Yeah. With the right person. Right. So finding be. the people to trust mm -hmm. to give up, and I think that's also part of the black femme identity, right? Mm -hmm. Like allowing someone to take right. that exhale to hold that hold that space for you right have you ever had to deal with that i mean i too have um not on purpose um dated predominantly white men and i'm gonna do a lot of breathing on air um, <laughs> exhale because it's a, it's a complex space and i would say all of my yeah pretty much almost exclusively all of my um bottoming has been like a bottomed to white people because those happen to be my play partners and the people that I connected with and it's a it's a strange feeling to flicker in and out of historical context in the sense of I'm with you right now and I adore you and I love the the hotness that's happening between me and you and then sometimes during play my mind will flicker of like this is a white person doing this to me or this is a white male doing this to me and it's hard to allow both mm -hmm. because both are true mm -hmm. and there's resonance to both. Um, and I'm not interested in race play. And so Me it neither. was like pretty much a hard limit. Oh, it is. You know? That and don't, I don't, please don't cut me. I don't want that. That's just for me. Yeah, that's for me. That's <laughs> What's so amazing about kink is things that I would have said hard nose to a few years ago are kind of like, well. Yeah, and I, and I definitely evolve. changes, right? Right, it's so it's an development thing. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the trust aspect. Right, that trust that you can hold my, because you are, you are playing, sometimes king people act as though you're not bringing the rest of the world into the space. And you are, whether mm. you invert it, whether you try to ignore it, you are bringing in gender and race and class and history and time and location into kink and what's beautiful sometimes we can be like we're taking all of that and we're putting it right over here mm -hmm. but it's still there mm -hmm. and so even if you ignore it you're still grappling with it in some way um or when you're when it's just you your body and their body in rhythm together mm -hmm. and everything falls away like that's exhilarating where like race stops being there and gender stops being there and it becomes how you touch my body, how you look at me, how you want me to be. Well, I want that. Where is that at? You just wrote like, it out. Where's that list? Where the person at? It takes a little bit of time. See? That too. Like, I'm so dang. But, yeah, like, the... it's... <laughs> this is what you could have. You know, sometimes, like, bottoms and S-types could be a little sadistic. <laughs> slash a lot. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But it's a it's a amazing playground. Um, and so, yeah, it was very... But I... What was I going to do? Not play? Mm -hmm. Because there were only white folks around. And so what I had to do was get really good at discerning who was somebody who could see my humanity. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day with kink, that's, you have to find people who will see and recognize and restore you back to your humanity. Yeah. So. There's spaces. You totally. You just got to find them. Totally. Are they in LA? They are. They mm -hmm. are. Um, and like, you know, the private party scene is a very real, like, nourishing thing. But there's something really cool about public play, mm -hmm. you know, where you're just in a room and 
in terms of body positivity, I would say that for me is where I started to grow and change and heal around bodies. Okay. Because um, I was seeing all these different bodies do all these different things and um, it didn't matter. It, let me rephrase that. People liked that somebody was particularly fleshy. They liked that um, somebody had a, um, a scar. Like I remember I had a friend who, whose partner was, had been significantly burned and nobody had ever touched that scar. Nobody had ever thought it was interesting or beautiful in a true sense, not fetishizing. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, the stuff we can do and the sensitivity and how it moves on her body is amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, that, that's transformative. Mm -hmm. Where else is that gonna happen? Mm -hmm. Nowhere. Yeah. And so it, stuff about bodies really changed yeah. for me there. I think, again, just me and just the way, and also the work that I do. Like, mm -hmm. it's, all I do is talk about trauma mm -hmm. and the intensity of it. And yeah. I'm like, I've wondered, like, how do you navigate that your your business, mm -hmm. what you do, and, and both your business and your pleasure is in going to that trauma Oh, I need space. more self-care. Okay. I need more, like, healthy spaces. Okay. I need more, like, support group. I need, like, a whole list of things. Like, yeah. I think also as, as a black femme, like, mm -hmm. I am so good at, like, helping other people do the things. Because I'm like, oh, what do you need? Right. Done. 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 Mm -hmm. Done and delivered. Okay. Yeah. What about me? Oh, uh, well, you know, I'll get to it. Right. I'm, I'm right. tired. I don't know. Right. And the fact then that I you have a list is amazing. Sometimes I just made that like, up. Uh, it's not real. It's a lie. <laughs> the, you know how I get stuff done? Is if Dan emails me and is like, give me one thing. And Dan thinks this is real funny and just sent me something about this because I'll give them back like seven. And I'll be like, well, I need <laughs> options. <laughs> Part of one, did you not? I mean, they're one a piece. <laughs> options ever. I'm a Gemini. I need options. So you're saying it's a bit of a struggle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be good at it, and I think I'm, I'm. This is my year of also dedicating like self, self, like back Fabulous. to self. Yes. So I think also just being like, ah, I can't deal with someone who inherently like for me right now. Mm -hmm is visually connected with a lot of fear mm. and unsafety. Mm. So I, I do, so I have three partners still. They're mm. all white, they've mm -hmm. all been doing their work. Mm -hmm. They're not gone yet. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody fucked up too much. And I've had to have convos, they cool. Yeah. But We're I don't not think- onboarding. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> the onboarding process is on a halt. <laughs> We are not onboarding right now. Um, we are not taking. We are not taking up with We're not interviewing. No, no. But thank you. Maybe you know. Try again in six months. Right. I don't know. Right. Please check the website. I guess. Check a uh, check for check for website updates. That's all we got for you. Um, and you brought up the word healing, and I think that's a magical word in therapy. Mm -hmm. In being a black femme, like, mm. what has your healing been? And like, how would you? help or how do you help your clients heal there's a question do you think healing is possible i think levels of healing are possible mm -hmm. i don't think any of us will all will ever be a hundred percent there it is right like i tend that? not to use the word healing very often okay um i also hate the word empowerment can't mm -hmm. stand it um like there's certain words that and my, my clients my clients will learn over time um I don't like the word compromise or weird or uh, like there are all these stupid buzzwords. Yeah, right. They're, they're buzzwords. And like the word weird is usually um, somebody's hiding how they actually feel. Mm. 
in that word. Alone, hurt, confused, alienated, um, whatever. But they don't feel weird. It wasn't a weird situation. It was probably a fucked situation. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I try to open those kinds of conversations up. Um, so in terms of healing in this, in this particular city, and then definitely in this particular culture, there's like, right, you're healed, you're rich, you're fine, you're healthy. Like there's these end finite states that we keep marketing mm-hmm. to people. And it's a lie. And you brilliantly said there are levels. And that's a life like that it continues to change and grow until there's not any more time left. Mm. But it will never be finite, it's not done. Like we have different relationships to our trauma, to our healing, but it is, it is never finished. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk in terms of, um, management, Mm -hmm. um, of understanding of what I call the upward spiral that you may still have panic attacks, but if you do certain work and you have certain supports, they won't be quite the same Mm -hmm. each time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They'll shift a little bit. Maybe they'll be a little shorter. Um, I had a flashback not too long ago. That was weird. It's been a minute. And it was like, oh, but I'm not trapped. It is different this time. And it'll be different again when the trauma comes back again. But I'm not, I'll never be healed, but I'm also not where I was. Hmm. So look at the, look at the different aspects of it. Like look at the, okay, we've been through the thing. Got it. Right. The movement of it. And that's something I have to offer to clients because they get frustrated, particularly with like couples work. They're like, we're having the same argument. Or it's, they said the same thing. I'm like, yeah, but it was actually shorter this time. <laughs> like, and it wasn't quite about quite the same thing. And to remind people that they're shifting, they are growing. Hmm. Do you find like, if you have like a friend, like, is there any like particular verbiage you tell them to look for when they're looking for a therapist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we were talking earlier, um, looking for sex therapists who specifically say like sex positive, um, mm-hmm. At this point, I mean, the field is always changing and new language is coming up all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's hard sometimes as a clinician who's trying to market, am I flagging the appropriate things? And by appropriate meaning, I think just putting LGBT now won't flag the same. Like that'll flag as slightly older, a little more conservative than putting LGBTQIA or LGBTQ plus or LGBTQ asterisk. Um, I think that what I've noticed is that tends to flag a very different demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, it can be difficult of what, what to say, but keep going. I think I lost the thread of your, cause this is in my, my head lately, but ask again, it was about, well, here we are. Okay. I was in your words and I was like, mm-hmm, I, I know, like. But I think like finding people. Oh, when looking for it, we're back. Right, so sex positive, (laughs) LGBTQ, and then um, the other parts of the ever-expanding identities that we have. Um, Affirmative is nice, um, but sometimes affirmative can, like so I've seen gay affirmative therapists who don't make room um, for trans folks or gender Mm -hmm. non-conforming folks. Um, so affirmative can be this like, yes, gay is good and fine and awesome. Um, and they're in response to like their history as well as like what came before, not understanding that they're missing huge swaths. Um, but affirmative is a great place to start. 
but get on the phone. Get on the phone with the person as soon as possible and ask them questions. Have you worked with people of color before? Have you worked with polyamorous people before? What's your history with sex workers? Um, what do you consider yourself a social justice therapist? Mm. Oof, that's how throw people off. Oh, like, what, what now? <laughs> <laughs> I really, so those things I encourage, like this is somebody that you're trusting your psyche to and your wellness, which is your physical and mental wellness. It's okay to ask questions like that. So um, I say like try to, and most therapists will offer like a, a short like fifteen minute free consultation. I do that because mm -hmm. um, I want I want to get to know a sense of them, and I totally want them to get a sense of me. And if it's not a fit, let's find that out now. Yeah, before we waste each other's time. Right. Before right. before I, I escape from this conversation because I'm mad now about dating. Here we go. Um, <laughs> let's talk about it. What <laughs> what has feel? been dating like for you as a black fan? It's more of that breathing again. Right? Do a deep breath. Like, it's, I, the things I say and the things I do, I really try to have integrity. So when I tell people to breathe, it's because, like, don't forget to breathe, Jamila. Don't forget to breathe. Yeah. Um, it's a struggle. What I would like that? to say that it's not, but it is. Um, I think part of it's being here in L.A. where there's a very particular aesthetic mm -hmm. that people are looking for that doesn't always include black women. Predominantly. Um, unless. Right. There's it's, never, it's not necessarily a good unless. It's just unless. Unless, right. Yeah. There have to be other certain markers. Uh, so, and then also dating as a therapist. People, it's very easy. People mm. find that out and suddenly dinner and drinks becomes a therapy session. Listen. And like, I'm not giving this away for free. Listen. Like... Like, they, I'm not here for that. They will ask you a question and you'll be so thrown off. Let right. me get another drink because right. I'm confused. Seriously, and you will be paying for that. You you will pay for the drinks because I was at a, um, uh, it was like a swinger type party and some guy who I thought was somewhat interested in me, but he uh, just in, in the hot tub while we were naked, no. just decided he had to, to ask me about reverse racism and <laughs> just... Before we start this convo, here is my Venmo, yeah, I, my PayPal, my I Square mean, Cash. And I, like, I, I was in it in the middle of it before I was like, I don't want to be having this conversation. And told him, you didn't negotiate any of this with me. This is not the time. Like, I'm enjoying this party. And so what I need you to do is go get me a drink. I need it. It's a gimlet. And I need <laughs> it to be sweet and with two lines. And I need you to bring that back. And then I'll think about it if I want to have this conversation with you. Did you drink? I did, okay. and he did a good job. He Great. made it. He made it well. Great. Um, <laughs> so dating as a therapist can definitely be fraught because people can either want to use you or they feel judged all the time, um, as though you're therapizing mm. them. So I negotiate with all of my lovers, all of my friends. Hey, if you ever feel like I'm saying something that feels like I'm therapizing, which is not a real word, but it's a perfect word, right? Um, if you ever feel like I'm therapizing you, let me know, because I never want to slip into that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not going to pretend that I'm not a person who's acutely aware of how people flow. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I'm not going to get rid of that part, but I never want you to become a thing to me or a patient or a client. Mm -hmm. So I'll negotiate that with people. But yeah, I remember one person was like, oh, can you, he was like, do you know about Tantra? I'm like, yeah, I totally coach people about that. He's like, oh, can you give me some lessons? No. No, and we're done here on OKCupid okay for today. <laughs> okay.
do you find like navigating i don't know do you utilize dating sites or like apps i it's so like i use it for my clients in terms of like what apps are you on like tell me about it let's navigate that like how are you negotiating your ad and things i'm pretty much just on okcupid and then i was looking at field i was just on field i haven't finished kind of putting it together what you mean it's like a little spoo -poo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unjudged. I was just gonna say, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, judge my inability quick. to do like two no, no. paragraphs no, of no. description. Oh, I just copy and paste the same fucking dating thing on everything. I'm lazy. That's see, this is the perfectionist thing. Oh, I literally no. thought I have to create it from the ground up for what? Every time it's already I'm created. Being, I'm being bad. I'm mm -hmm. being a bad dater if I don't create a completely new. Copy and paste, and oh. people gonna see it. They don't know the last time you wrote it somewhere. That you don't I'm, have to reinvent the wheel. I'm free. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> free because I don't do them. Copy and paste. Whenever I, because I'll have a dating app and then I'll, I don't delete the profile, I just delete it off my phone. Just give me a minute. Yeah, take that in. Oh, that is. I'm so glad we're here today. Copy and paste. For so many reasons. There you go. Like, but now this. <laughs> Little well, bonus, just copy and paste. Field so, is interesting. So field seems interesting. Um, I connected with someone that I already knew. Um, ah. No, oh. he might already be voted off the island. Okay. He's, yeah. Um, and then I met a lovely, beautiful couple. I will show you, um, who I have a Skype date with today. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but it's tricky, and it depends on what you're looking for. Right. Um, right. again, there's not a lot of melanin. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, even now. Yeah, no. I think I said, I've been... Right, right. Scroll, 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 scroll. It is not. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it, I mean, I think with field, I think it fits better into the lifestyle mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we both utilize. Right. Um, mm -hmm. If you are looking for like cis hetero things, this ain't for you. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. stick, right. to, stick to the tenders and the right. bubbles. Right. And that's what I finally found is it's so important to find the dating app or site that works for what... For multiple levels of what you're yeah. into and how you flow. Yeah, yeah. Like coffee meets bagel. That was dumb. That would... You get one match a day. That's not options. I was like, this is it? I don't even like this person. Who gave me this? And they're like, try again tomorrow. Right, or pay more. I threw my phone. Yeah, I was like, I respect that it's a, a woman-owned company, but I was also like, no, this is like, I'm, I'm, I want like gimlet meets like whiskey because this is not, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, no. So like, okay, keep it. Never been on Tinder. I think I started a profile and then didn't. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to LA, I tendered it up. Okay. I was dropping it off everywhere. <laughs> Lots of fornication all around Los Angeles. You went biblical right I did. I, like, I had foreigners. It was just, it was woo. <laughs> What a time. My mom was like, you know, I just wish you would just wouldn't go on these random trips with people. I was like, it's fine, girl. It was right. a good time. Right? <sighs> um, but then I think I've just slowed down. Also, I've just become more like business focused. So mm -hmm. dating is like, it's great. But also right. I have a cordless Hitachi. Um, right. And then the when I'm done, it goes next to me. Right. And I, I go to the bathroom, get a snack and yep. we're done. Yep. We did it. And at this point, that's the other thing. I want more people to feel good about how they have sex with themselves because to me the baseline is of like if i don't think that you're gonna have better sex with me than i can have with me there's no mm. point there's no point in us continuing this thing because i know <laughs> like i mean we turn over together and just have it like me myself and i like we're, we're real good and so i want 
and this is across the board, I want things in my life that amplify my life. Yes. It's that simple. Yes. That's the, that's the new rule. It sounds like you're in that. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's why I'm going to go on this silent retreat, which mm -hmm. everyone is nervous about when I talk about it. <laughs> and we're all like, <gasps> yeah, I it's think. It's going to be silent. We don't look each other in the eye, none of that. But 10 days of just being with me. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the, I don't know if I've ever had that in my life. Like, there will be other people present. Right. We right. can't even look each other in the eye. So, really, you just like a ghost walking next to me. Yes. Yes. My just other presences yeah. are there. So, I think reconnecting with me mm -hmm. will not only benefit myself, but also the work that I do. Uh-huh. Because uh -huh. that's, I think particularly when you're a sex educator or a consultant, like, you are your product, you are your brand, you are your own work, and it has to be, you know, what do actors say, like, I am my own instrument? Which I always used to be like, ugh, ugh. But, but you now know, you're like, okay, oh, right? You're like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You gotta oil that thing. You gotta put it in a nice case. Like yeah. you gotta like, yeah. You know, it's a process. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited for you. This me, is good. We we'll see. We'll see yeah, who comes out of the woods. Right, right. Because it does it. What we welcome into our lives mm -hmm. and what we make space for it changes. It's wild, and I'm very much about people getting really clear about their boundaries and about what they want. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to start there. If you could leave um, some of the folks, and predominantly the black femmes that are listening to this, mm -hmm. if you could leave them with some tips on, like, how to survive. Mm -hmm. um, we, I'm not going to use the H word, but how to help <laughs> themselves and survive. <laughs> and, like, phew, just make it in a world that was never built for them. Um, couple things. I'm gonna embrace my own paradox. There's a great book that begins with the word healing. <laughs> it's a great book called Healing Sex by Stacey Hines. Mm -hmm. um, it's excellent around healthy sexuality um, and as you recover from trauma. And I honestly think everybody should read it. It's a profound and beautiful book. And um, Stacey's work is just incredible. She does generous somatics, which is deeply healing. Mm -hmm. um, just amazing, amazing. Um, so Healing Sex is a great book. Um, read your Audre Lorde, The Power of the Erotic. To me, is a, it's a little binary, but I still think there's some profound, profound thoughts in there. Um, I would also say, like, learn, find an app that where you do just even a one-minute meditation. There's one called um, Stop, Breathe, and Think that I love, it's free. And like you could do short, short, teensy meditations. Mm -hmm. So like everybody has a minute. Everybody's got like two minutes, mm -hmm. even if it's like once a day or mm -hmm. even every other day. Um, but that can be amazing. Um, be careful what social media like you let into your life. Be careful what images, what you listen to, what you watch, what you read. Feed yourself. I think I would be dead or insane if I had not long ago realized I have to have my world reflected back. Mm. I have to have art on my walls of black people. Mm -hmm. I have to have books around me that reflect the best of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, get more sensed in your body and by that I mean what are the scents that make you happy? What are the colors? What are the textures? Layer into your daily life the things that bring you back into your body. Because this culture is constantly trying to force us out. And sometimes we need to mm -hmm. be out of our bodies. But create a life around you that helps you stay as often as possible. Oof. Oof. 
just I'm, I'm receiving all these blessings because I need to always hear these things also mm -hmm. um so thank you I'll be listening to this again when this comes out um but thank you for coming and sitting with us thank you for inviting me this was amazing yeah. just a great conversation so before you leave mm -hmm. plug yourself tell us your business how do you get these clients how do people show up in your office um, don't come to the front door. <laughs> Please make an okay, appointment. Don't do that. Um, but people can find me uh, on Instagram at Jamila D Sex Therapy. They can find me on Facebook as Jamila Dawson. Mm -hmm. uh, they can find me on Psychology Today, and they can read more about how I work on Psychology Today under Jamila Dawson, mm -hmm. and then my website JamilaDawson.com. You branded. Can you spell it for us? Sure. It's spelled J A M I L A. Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N. Perfect. Thank you for having me. It's been Thank amazing. you. Like, you know, black fans. Right? That's all we got out here sometimes. And as promised, we have three resources just for you. First, an organization called the Therapy for Black Girls Directory. This is a listing of mental health professionals across the country who provide high-quality, culturally competent services for Black women and girls. This directory is not at all exhaustive and is meant to provide you with a place to start if you're looking for a therapist in your area. Next, the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. The NQTTCN is a healing justice organization that works to transform mental health for queer and trans people of color. The NQTTCN directory features therapists all across the country. And last and not least, AfricanAmericanTherapist.com. This is the first and largest, also the oldest directory of therapists of color. And bonus, accessing the directory is completely free. I'm so excited to announce we have a store. I've created a meditative coloring book filled with journal prompts, affirmations, and gorgeous illustrations for you to color. We have brand new Trauma Queen socks with cute little tiny crowns all over to remind you that you are a queen. And we have two kinds of tea, one focused on stress relief and one that's for healing that heart of yours. The tea bags come with little affirmations, so as you steep your tea, you set your intention. Everything will be available on my website, www.traumaqueen.love. That's www.traumaqueen.love. Thank you so much for listening. This season has been so special to record. And of course, I have to shout out all the people who made this possible. You can find us all on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S, recorded and engineered by Bapari, B-A-P-A-R-I, produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika, J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A. Support for this podcast made possible by our sponsor, BetterHelp, and people like you. If you'd like to contribute to supporting this work, you can do so by clicking the link in the podcast description. You can donate as little as 99 cents per month to keep us going strong. Every penny you send goes right back into making this resource accessible to the people who need it most. Thank you for listening and happy healing.